The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, and we're, this is 2021. 2021. We're doing an intro. Yeah. We're back together for two golden minutes. Let's not, <laughs> let's not waste. We've come any. from our holiday break. We've come back from our break. We're still in our board shorts and our flip-flops. We've got, Will's got zinc across his nose. I'm not even sitting in my normal chair. Did you notice that when I yeah. set up the microphones? You're in a pool like, floaty. I'm not even going to bother sitting in my normal comfortable podcasting chair. I'm just going to stay in my office chair because we're just doing two minutes, yeah. 120 seconds of gold to introduce this best of episode. Yeah. So basically, uh, uh, Mike, uh, podcast Mike has put together a best of and he wanted to theme it. And the theme of this compilation... Because it's hard in TOEFOP to actually identify something you could say is best. Yeah. Like, it's more like... When you're like the what best of TOEFOP, you're like, here's some similar things they talked about in different episodes. I'll bang them all together. And this one is all about me being a grump. Uh, so um, enjoy. Uh, there'll be another compilation episode next week. We'll probably do an intro for that when we know what it's about. Um, but we'll be back in two weeks with brand new episodes for 2021. Um, anything else you want to say? Well, people can go to tofop.com. There's a new fofop up there with uh, Dave Anthony. I checked in with what was going on in America with uh, Dave Anthony. Much requested online. Has much been going on in America lately? No, it turns out it's been quite... Very quiet. Yeah, very quiet. <laughs> Unadventurous. We talked about Wonder Woman for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and who's on philosophy this week? Uh, this week, Jan Fran, back for her third appearance, someone that I'm a massive fan of, Jan Fran. And uh, before that, uh, Paul Dempsey, and then a couple of great guests uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. M. Rossiano, Steph Tisdall, Tony Armstrong. Anyway, there's a bunch of really good ones. And two guys, one cup. My club is back up and running. Alex Williams' his latest episode this week coming up is Ian Meadows, West Coast Eagles supporter. So if you want some footy chat with some genuine footy fans, check out two guys, one cup. My club. And so I guess we throw to, throw to us now. Take it away, Will and Charlie. Here's us. <laughs> Now, Will, um, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but uh, looking at me on Skype, uh, it's happened again. It's bloody happened again. Uh, months after I told the story of going to the barber and getting a haircut I didn't want, it happened again. Um, clearly, I am the common denominator in this scenario. I, I, I don't know what I'm... I'm glad you did not need me to point that out because I felt like it was going to be bullying and victim blaming, but clearly <laughs> no, no. you are the I, I had a real, like, I had a real moment of reflection where it was like, it's fucking happened again. Mm. That's a terrifying reflection. <laughs> what is going on? Like, and okay, so this last time I think we discovered, we discussed that it was just a misunderstanding. Clearly, the discussion around me raising the hairline above my ear confused her and she just went, no, too short on the side. So for those who've come in late, all I want to do is grow my hair out. All I'm trying to do is grow my hair out so I can look like the dad from the OC. I just want that long, sweeping kind of uh, Gia hair, <laughs> the hair that G is rocking from our other podcast. Uh, but... I just can't seem to communicate that to a barber. So I went in today. I've got, it's taken two, two and a half months, almost three months. I've grown it out. I go to the barber and these were my exact... Okay, firstly, no, okay, I've got some questions. I want set, I'll set the scene a little bit first. Okay, so I, I know that you're in a place you don't normally live, right? Yep. So how, how did you choose the barber is my first question. Did you just randomly walk into any old barber or did you get some sort of recommendation? It's a barber store, barber store, a barber shop that I'd been to before where I remembered getting a good haircut. And so okay. I went to the website, couldn't quite remember who the barber was, but this guy seemed to be the same guy. I wasn't sure. But I was just taking a punt, and he was available because uh, all a lot of uh, a lot of uh, places around here are, are booked out for everything: cafes, barbers. So you just take what you can get. So I was chancing my hand a little bit, but all I wanted was a haircut, and so I went in. The guy was seemed cool, had cool hair. He actually had the haircut I wanted. 
So mm. I sort of so what you needed to ask him was, hey mate, who cuts your hair? <laughs> because he's not cutting his own hair. If he had the haircut you wanted, you've got to find the source. You've got to go back and find out who cut his hair. That's who you actually want on your hair. His question to me was, what are we doing today? And I said, I'm growing my hair out. I just want to trim. This is a short haircut that's grown out. It's a bit all over the place. I just want to trim the sides. No clippers on the side, just scissors on the side. Trim it down. Keep it pretty much long on top and just neaten up the back. They were my instructions. Okay. Is there anything about that to you that's confusing? No, no. So far, I think you've laid out a pretty good game plan. I have a clear understanding of what you're trying to achieve. I might still have to give you some updates along the way, but in a general sense, I've given you a roadmap for what we should be doing. Right. And so just to press the point about the sides, because it really comes down to the sides of my head. I just I don't want this close cropped like the sides I have right now. It's too close. I pointed to his, which are quite long and swept back. And I said, like your hair. And he was like, yeah, man, cool. Right? So (laughs) as far as I can tell, message received. You should go to Gary because Gary cuts my hair and he's awesome. Now, the haircut begins and it's a bit different to the last last one because the last girl who cut it okay i tell i could tell straight away like she cut so deep straight away that i knew i was in trouble but this guy was a little more finessey so it was kind of yep. uh a little harder to tell like he did start he just used the scissors and he's clipping around but it was just harder the way he was moving it was harder to tell how much hair he was taking but it all seemed to be going okay right now this this was what happens next and i'm not sure if this is in his defense or or, or what but so he gets sort of halfway through doing one side and my phone rings and it's Gemma and she's a bit frantic because I've just left her at a cafe and she's gone to pay for lunch but she can't find her purse and so she thinks she may have left it somewhere in one of the previous stores we'd been to prior to getting to this cafe. So I say to the guy, hey man, can we just pause? I've just got to go meet my wife, pay for her lunch, you know, just make sure she's cool. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So I go running out of this barber shop with like half a haircut, which... For where I am, it's probably not that unusual, but it was like a full 80s mullet. So I had my long hair down the back, shaved on one side, jogging down the street to meet Jim at the cafe, sort that out, pay, for, pay that bill, you know, talk to Jim about where she's going next. She goes on a way to go locate the pair. So I go back, it takes about five minutes. By the time I get back, another dude has sat in my chair and I walk in the barber's like, mate, sorry, this won't take long. He's just getting a beard trim. It'll be two minutes, be back with you. So I sit down, wait for this other guy to get finished, jump back in the chair. So then when he starts again, then I start to get worried because I'm like, oh shit, it's actually, I hadn't really taken notice, but it's actually quite short on that side, but I I can't stop him now because he has to even up that side. So I'm like, okay, all right. The sides are too short. It's not what I wanted, but at least the length on top. You know, that's what, I'll I'll keep that. I'll hang my hat on having the long hair on top. You know, the rest will grow back. (laughs) It'll be fine. (laughs) So... He then gets to the top of my head and he's like, he's like, are you okay with the sides? And I lie and I say, yep, great, awesome. And he's gone, okay, so just a little bit off the... Ah, see, but this is you faking your orgasm. If you fake your orgasm, then the person thinks, oh, this thing gets this person off and therefore they readjust their expectations. You've faked your orgasm. You've gone, you're meant to say at that stage, the sides are a little tighter than I'd like, but, you know, let's keep the length on the top to balance it out. You're meant to reiterate. Because here's what I'm going to say. What's the point in reiterating? He can't do anything about it. It's not like I'm coming back to him. No, he can do something about it. He can (laughs) adjust the rest of the haircut accordingly. Slice into my flesh so the hair looks longer. Well, I mean, they can do some hairdresser tricks, but here's what I'm thinking now is that I reckon hairdressers must have, it might be actually inbuilt into the way that they do their job and maybe some hairdressers can hit us up and let us know. But... It would actually be a bad thing to remember something from earlier and think it was about the person you were cutting their hair off. So I think they're a bit like goldfish. So the minute that you've walked away, right. like his brain has been etch-a-sketched of what your expectations are and you need to reiterate them because you can't be cutting someone's hair at 1 o'clock and giving them what the guy at 10 o'clock yeah. told you they wanted with their hair. You've got to be able to shake it out, start again. Yep. And in between, you've had Beard Boy yep. coming in for his like blade shave, and that's been like a hairdresser buffer. Yeah. And this dude's just kind of forgotten what you tried to achieve. Well, it's funny that you should say that because the whole time I was in the chair, like uh, part one and part two, 
he was getting hammered. Like he was the only guy in the shop because of COVID, you know, um, that they're, they're not opening the store to walk-ins. But every couple of minutes, someone was walking, hey, can I get a shave? Hey, can I get a haircut? And he was like, I mean, he was dismissing him in that kind of cool way that cool, like he's a punk, like he was covered in tats and had like piercings and stuff. He was dismissing him in a way where he was giving him shit, but he was so cool about giving him shit that it, they couldn't respond. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, like some guys like, Hey bro, uh, can I get my hair cut? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, man. I'm, I'm getting slammed. I'm booked all day. Uh, Thursday at the earliest. And the guy's like, Oh, I just need it. You know, I just need that. Uh, just a little trim down. And the guy's like, yeah, true, true. Can't help you, bro. Can't help you. I said, no on you. Yeah, but like was doing it in a way that was so kind of cool that I was like, Oh man, I wish, Look, I can't even be honest enough to tell this barber he's fucked my haircut up and he's dismissing dudes left, right and centre. Like with like That's why this guy has got the haircut you want. Yes. <laughs> because look at the way that he lives his life. Yeah, that's true. This is a man who knows how to set boundaries, make it clear, still be cool about it. And this is what you're not mastering there. Yeah, is right. that they want to help you get the haircut that you want. You need to come in a little bit stronger with saying, hey, here is what I want. This is what I want to look like. This is what I want to achieve today and let them then try to achieve it. Kind of like sex. I mean, that analogy is right. Like you're sort of saying, look, I need to get the orgasm, but there's a funny way for me to get there. So if you're cool with it, let me walk you through it. You know, we'll keep the romance. We'll make it fun for everyone. But can I just walk you through exactly what I want? Rather than me just faking it. And then it. they're happier as well, right? Yeah. Because that person wants to please mm. you. I got right? the feeling this dude was a kind of cool cat, kind of tat-covered piercing. He was a straight-edge dude. He made that clear to me from the very start. I don't know why. He assumed that I was some kind of junkie or something oh, like mate, that. I'm not saying you want your hair cut by this dude. I'm saying you need to be this Yeah, dude. yeah. Right. Like, if you were this dude, you wouldn't have him cutting your hair you would have gone to the guy who cuts his hair. Like yeah. this is literally, he's living his life a different way to your living your life. It's not that he, he was the wrong hairdresser for you, but he was the right personality for you. You've got to take that into the salon. Well, I think the, 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 what, to get back to what I was saying before, the fact that he was getting all these dudes coming up and like, oh, this guy is cutting, like a, a, a basic haircut takes like, what, 20 minutes the most. So he's probably getting through three guys an hour over an eight or nine hour day. So he's cutting a lot of hair. Mm. I reckon... He's hearing, he's acting like he's hearing what I'm saying, but he's an autopilot. He's like the Terminator. He's sizing up my head and he's going, this is the haircut that I'll give this guy. Even though I've said I want it longer and stuff, he's like, no, no, box head here is getting short in the sides and a bit long on the top. Because when it gets to the, the, the top bit, which I'm, this is the bit I'm trying to save, I've lost the sides, I've given up on those, but I'm like, I still have the long hair on top. He does that thing where he says, I'm going to take off this much. And he shows me, right? And it's literally like, half a centimeter like a tiny amount he shows me he's like that's what i'm taking off i'm like yeah cool he starts cutting more than a centimeter comes off like he actually look how short my hair is on top now like that wasn't what he showed me that was like false advertising well here's the thing is every one of these situations they seem to be diving in the deep end because here's the thing about hair it's very hard to stick it back on but it's not that hard to Cut it shorter. Like, I think you've got to be, again, I have a simpler haircut maybe than you, right? Oh, no, I don't but think I you do. In, I think yours is more complicated than mine. I wanted a trim. But That's it's all not. I wanted, a trim. This is, this is, this is like, okay, I'm going to run you through okay. how, how, how I would handle this situation, right? All right. So I, I get my haircut every couple of weeks while I do grooming, right? Yeah. And so I'll tell you how it goes down. The first, like, first, week, I throw my I coffee like, in the assistant's face. <laughs> I have a proper haircut. I go in and I say, This is what I would like. I would like my fade started at about a half. I don't even know what a fade like, is. Fade it up. What's a fade? But that just means, well, your fade's basically, you know, how my hair is like short around like the bottom. Okay, right. And then it gets progressively like longer okay. as it goes up. I understand. It fades up into your hair, I get it. right? That's Makes your sense. fade. So at the moment, I have like a two level fade. I have like, like a short one half sort of thing. And then like it gets, you know, a bit thicker. And then like I have longer hair on the top. Really, it's just three stages, Charlie. And it's an evolution. Ever yep. upwards, and so basically, all I say to them is, I just want my, my fade started at a half, so you can't see my birthmark at the back of my head, and then um, fade it up, and then like just do the dead ends on the top and thin out the top. 
So right? so sorry, just slow, slow down, stop. You're using a bunch of terminology I don't even, like I've never even heard this. this clearly this is the issue. Fades, dead ends. I don't even know what any of this means. Like obviously I'm going in like some rube and say, duh, like I want a haircut. <laughs> and they're just going, this fucking idiot, I'll get him out in five minutes. I'll, this will be the easiest money I'll ever make. This guy's like 41 years old and he does not know any hairdressing terms. He's not picked up one simple term like fade. Like I tried to give him some gel. He started throwing his own poo at me. I don't know what happened. Do you have a jackhammer outside your room again today? No, no, that was possibly one of the most difficult episodes I've ever recorded. I've I've read some of the tweets and stuff. It seems like uh, Podcast Mike did an outstanding job and not many people could really hear the jackhammering outside. But uh, if you saw the photos I posted, it was, they literally, it wasn't just jackhammers. It was like bulldozer-sized trucks with jackhammers on the front of them, two of them smashing up around about literally 20 metres from where I was recording. Um Look, I was aware that that was happening. They did send out notices saying, hey, we're going to be doing some road work that night. I just didn't know it was going to sound uh, like that. Um, it, was a, it was a pretty stressful evening. I just put the baby down. Jem had a shoot all week, early starts, so she was stressing out. I was doing the podcast. Um, after we recorded, I went and had a word, <laughs> as I am prone to do these days. But what you time? know what? What time would it have been when you went down to have a word to them? So what, we finished recording about 8 o'clock, right? Yeah. So it was 8 p.m. And uh, I was very, because look, these guys had given notice. We were aware. And Gemma and I even last week had discussed maybe we should go stay in a hotel or something because you've got an early start. We've got the baby, blah, blah, blah. But we thought, you know what? There's been roadworks before. It can't be that bad. We'll, we'll sleep through it. We'll get earplugs or something. Uh, I mean, how loud could it be if they're going to do it or not? <laughs> <laughs> So um, uh, I went out and spoke to the guys and said, like, because it was it was huge. I mean, they're breaking up they're breaking up like chunks of concrete and asphalt with giant jackhammers. So it was that loud. And I went out and spoke to the guys and said, hey, like, um, I understand you guys are working till like three a.m., but how long is this part going to go for? And they were very apologetic and said, look, this is the loudest part. We're just got to smash up the road. Um, and once that's done, that'll be done by that 10 p.m. And then it should be quite, you know, reasonable amount of noise from then on, which turns out isn't true. <laughs> I mean, they did stop breaking up the road, but then they had to install like speed bumps and stuff. So you went from having that like thunderous sound of jackhammers to then just the high pitched squeal of concrete piercing drills as they attached rubber speed humps to the road. Um, but the worst part was not actually any of the machinery. It was their voices because they're talking to each other and they're filling in time and you know road crews not everyone's working some of them are just having smokers some of them just hanging out you've got the people doing traffic control who don't really have a lot to do so they're bored so they just start talking to each other and yelling up and down the street so that was a point at which grumpy charlie was like oh maybe i need to pull on my old my bloody moccasins and go down and have a word <laughs> but i managed to tune it out and uh, we did get to sleep it does sound a little it sounds a little like you've gone to a heavy metal gig and they've started with their real heavy stuff and you're just hanging out for a ballad yeah. you've gone to see extreme yeah. and you want to see them play more than words but like they just are playing all their thrash shit you're like when does it get to the ballads well i went out the next day um to see what that actually done and for the life of me look if i was really going to take this to the next level I, I i think there has been some kind of misuse of council funds i believe that obviously we're getting to the end of the financial year every department's got to top up their budget so i'm assuming like whoever is in charge of uh, the roads in this area is like shit we haven't spent enough money let's because the roundabout will yeah. if we don't if we, if we don't spend this money we're not going to get this money again yeah. next year so we've got to do something we've got to do some late night road emergency road works so what what did they do in their late night emergency road works, so they completely we? so there's a big concrete roundabout they demolished that roundabout and then rebuilt the roundabout slightly smaller. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Last night, uh, I realised what's happening. Mm. You know, we, we've talked about my evolution in becoming a father and the grumpiness and stuff. But 
I think what I am becoming is Mrs. Mangle. That's that's what I am. I'm, I'm Mrs. Mangle. I'm the busybody. I'm the neighborhood busybody who's across everything and, you know, should really just stick to themselves. Look, last night. <laughs> I mean, by the way, we have been looking for a way to get you in neighbors. Mr. Mangle. <laughs> Like a flip of the traditional storyline, it turns out that Mrs. Mangle's got some illegitimate son who's been floating around, and he moves back Ra- to Ramsey Street to find out about his mum, and you become have- the Mr. Mangle of the neighbourhood. I would have to be Miss- Mrs. Mangle's grandson, right? Because she was ancient when we were kids, Mrs. Mangle. Okay, so based on true events, I don't know what was happening in my neighbourhood last night, but... I get the feeling there was a Fast and Furious-style car meet happening. An illegal, if not an illegal street race, definitely some kind of gathering of uh, hotted-up cars because for about half an hour, there was a non-stop procession of hotted-up, fluoro, you know, UV-lit, NOS-charged cars zipping down towards the, towards the beach because there's a big car park, empty car park in the beach near me. Is there a chance... That this is just a symptom of the le- the, the sort of um, lessening the severe quarantine laws. Has there been mm. an announcement from the New South Wales government where they've said, look, you know, you can have 10 people at your house, you can have 20 people at a drag race. <laughs> this is where yeah. we're at now. We've flattened the curve. It is time to get your hot rods back together and go down cogging your car park. It was definitely, I mean, we mentioned last week, you know, the sort of easing and the response. And I think this is an escalation. I... I I imagine just based on the sample size of the amount of people who would have been down in the car park last night that the disease is coming back. (laughs) The virus is coming back in a big way, uh, especially amongst the car community because it was insane. Like we were trying to watch a film and we couldn't because every like 30 seconds there was another vroom, vroom, vroom going down the road. And on the weekends where I live, it seems to be like, I assume it's a route uh, for people who, you know, want to ride their motorbikes. Because often you get, you know, packs of motorbike riders or guys in hotted up cars. And I think, you know, they do the coastal drive. The, if you go past where I live, there's not a lot of traffic lights. So you can get a good, you know, run up without having to sort of stop. Um, but this was something different. This was like, would have been, and I'm not exaggerating, it would have been close to 40 or 50 cars all heading down to the beach around about the same time. There's also a little bit of uh, an, uh, well... A let's say dodgy, no dodgy. I don't know. There's an element in that suburb of like car people, and I mean maybe this is flavoured by the fact that our car got stolen from that street, yeah, exactly. outside your house. But yeah. uh, when we were trying to investigate the, the car being stolen, um, there seemed to be a bit of a uh, hot a hot pocket for uh, criminal uh, sort of, uh, you know, cars and bikes. And I imagine if they were going to set an Australian Fast and Furious, it might have been set in your street. Yeah, except it would be called the Fang in the Furious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fang in it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, these hot rodders, Will, these uh, yahoos and their hot rods. Um, So they were down there for a bit and there must have been some shit going down because that... An hour later, there was just fucking cop cars everywhere. <laughs> like, and not just cop cars, but like right police vans and fucking. And it was it was like Grand Theft Auto. Like you'd just hear this like, vroom, 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 and then you'd hear wee, 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 like police cars going after them. So, whatever was going on, it was it was loud. So, Jem by this stage, it just was like, oh fuck, we can't watch a film. Still, I'm going to go to bed. So she goes to bed, but I stay up. And I'm just sitting at the window, Mrs. Mangle style, just looking out onto the street. Got a good vantage point. Just watching, you know, all these cars zipping by. I had one eye on the baby monitor because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, if one of these fuckers wakes my baby up, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm going down on the street. I've got a cricket bat under the bed. I'm going down on the street. I'm waiting for the next one to go by and just like slice that nos. And I'm going to throw my cricket bat through their windscreen. That's how it's going to go down. I don't give a fuck. I'll go to jail. You wake my baby up, you're going to jail. I think optimistically you'll go to jail. <laughs> I think more likely you'll be murdered in front of your family <laughs> in your own street. <laughs> and then they'll put your remains in the wrong bin. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm, I'm like a vigilante. I'm perched. I'm perched on my windowsill waiting to leap into action at the next guy who fucking, you know, fires up the nos to wake my baby up. 
but that doesn't happen. Did you think also the other explanation, because these guys love cars, they mm. probably do love the Fast and the Furious franchise. Did you think there was a possibility of just going down and rationalizing with them going, hey guys, I'm just at home with my family and we all know the most important thing in the world is family. Yeah. Well, Can you get them on that level? Yeah, well, I had a six-pack of Corona uh, in the fridge. Right. <laughs> and we all know there's one thing that brings family together. It's, it's Corona. Uh, there was an element of me that was thinking of doing that. I mean, look, impossible with the car guys because they were just zipping by too fast. That's why the cricket bat was the next best option. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's a big escalation between negotiation and throwing a cricket bat through the window. <laughs> uh, so uh, there I am perched on the windowsill, um, you know, watching the action. And uh, this group of teenage girls, like, it, it's like they, it's like they exploded out of thin air. They, they night crawled it. It was just a bamf. And suddenly there was like... 18 loud, shrieking, screaming teenage girls who I assume had just been down at the car park at the Fast and the Frally, Fast and the Frally, Fast and the Furious Rally, the, the Fangin' and the Furious Rally. Um, and we're now up like, you know, half drunk on Goonbag and just screaming and being teenagers and stuff. So this is where a little Will appeared on my shoulder. Um, and a little Will with angel wings, uh, uh, smoking a little joint, <laughs> appeared on my, and was just like, hey, man. Appeared, uh, appeared from on high. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, like, don't be such a fucking narc, man. Like, they're just teenagers. You're a teenager once. Like, what's the problem? So I was like, okay, I'm not going to narc, but I am going to watch. Because they were being, like, so dumb. Like, just dumb teenagers, like, shrieking and laughing and like pushing things over and, you know, but weirdly just sort of hovering around this one corner, the, the corner opposite my apartment. They were just like hanging out in this corner and just screaming and stuff. And I couldn't work out what they were doing at first because one by one, they would take it in turns. One of them would run out to the middle of the roundabout and then run back and then the, rejoin the group. And when that person rejoined the group, they would all do this kind of like, dance and i'm like what the fuck is going on because there was still traffic going by and so these girls are taking their own lies into their own hands like running out in front of traffic you know and then one would run back and then doing this little dance and it happened again and again and again and then i sort of like paid a bit more attention and i realized they were making a fucking tiktok video like yep. there was music coming see it coming a mile off yeah right <laughs> that's definitely a tiktok people are doing something stupid and then dancing 100 percent. all they know about tiktok that fits that description. But like seriously putting their lies in their own hands. At one stage, one of the girls whose turn it was to run out and press go on the, on the, oh, fuck how old am I sounding? Press go on the TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, who's going to be in charge of pressing go on the TikTok? We're all going to do a TikTok, but somebody's going to press go. So the girl whose turn it was to press go on the TikTok. Mm. She runs out and this car... Dad! Iona says her first words and they're just, Dad! <laughs> this girl runs out as a car is like coming up to the roundabout and the car kind of honks because she's standing in the middle of the road and rather than like retreat, she stops in the middle of the road and then does like a booty dance in front of the car. You know, I guess because that's going to be on the, on the TikTok as well where all her friends are cheering her on. So then I'm like... Man, these girls are right under Iona's window and they're not going anywhere. They're just getting louder and louder. And the TikTok, like how many TikToks do you need to record? Like I could not, my uh, understanding of TikTok culture is not so refined, Will, that I could tell a difference between each one of these TikToks. They, it all looked the same to me. One would run over, press go on the TikTok, then the rest of them would all like do this dance and then they would reset and the, the whole thing would happen again. So I don't know if you, the TikTok counted on you doing more than one of these dances or if they're just trying to get the, the right TikTok or if each one was taking it turns to use their phone to do the TikTok. But whatever it was, it was taking fucking ages. And then, That would have been a great way to get into it. You could have just wandered down and gone, guys, I don't want to cause any trouble here. It's me, Mr. Mangle. Uh, and I don't want to cause any trouble here. I notice you put nothing in my bins. We don't have an issue at this yeah. point. However, I just have a couple of questions. Firstly... The person who's pressing go on the TikTok, how did you decide who that was? Secondly, are you trying to get the same TikTok? Are these the different takes of the TikTok? Are these TikTok takes? Or uh, are you doing separate TikToks and will this be a series of TikToks or are you each going to replicate the TikTok in your own TikTok environment? I just have a series of TikTok-related questions. 
Well, it's not a million miles from where my mind was at because I'm watching this go on. And in my head, I'm like, all right, at some stage, because I know Jem was kind of getting, Jem at one stage with the with the, the fanging and the furious wanted to call the cops because she's like, they're so fucking loud and they're going to wake the baby up and maybe they're going to kill someone because they're driving so fast. And I, I, I echoed a bit of Willis. And they're my priorities, definitely in that order. <laughs> And so I, you know, I tried to do use a bit of will psychology on Jim. I was like, hey, you know, look, they're young people, and it's not that bad. And you know, we, this is the area we live in, and you know, let's not encroach and blah blah blah. So, Jim went to bed, but then I was like, oh, if these girls wake Jim up, then she's gonna. Be- they may be fanging it, but she's the one who's going to be furious. <laughs> so I was like, I may need to kind of mitigate this before it gets any louder. But as I'm sort of working out, oh, can I be the cool guy who goes down and? You know, I'll put my cap on backwards and I'll be like, hey, kids, I was young once. Hey, just, you know, keep it quiet or whatever. Another car pulls up. Maybe you're just like, hey, guys, I saw you, saw you doing some pretty rad TikToks <laughs> down on the uh, roundabout. But I noticed there was always someone who had to press go on the TikTok. Would you like me to press go on your TikTok for you? <laughs> That's when they mace me and call the police. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm cool too. I have a, I have a MySpace and all that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this? Your top eight friends? Where's Tom? Yeah, have you guys been listening? You guys been listening to some uh, Limp Biscuit on Napster? <laughs> uh, so as I was sort of ruminating about that, another super hotted up like Nissan Pulsar with the you know the the fluoro lights pulls up, but something weird is happening. Like my guess is creepy dudes i think it's creepy dudes in a car just judging by the way they sort of pull up alongside these girls and the girl's reaction and the way they were just sort of hovering you know just creepy dudes rolling around in a car being creepy dudes. i mean it's so, been a tough time for creepy dudes rolling around empty yeah. streets no one to harass yeah. <laughs> so in my head i'm like oh shit now my priorities change to like okay i should probably take down the number plate of this creepy car just in case good. so good mrs classic mangle <laughs> Put it on your mangle list. I wrote down their number plate and I'm keeping an eye on them. And I'm like, well, what's, you know, I mean, look, if they're being creeps, they're being creeps. Like, you know, as long as, as long as no lines are crossed. But then I see flashes coming from the car. Now, I don't know if the dudes had like a torch and were just like flashing it in the girls' faces or a camera and were taking photos of the girls. But something weird was going on, like bright flashing lights. And I'm like... Oh, that seems weird. I'm wondering how I should call the police now. Like, is it illegal to take photo of people on the, on the street? Like, can you do that? I mean, they're teenage girls. They didn't seem, you know, they're not consenting, but at the same place, they're in a public space. I don't know. It was weird. But then the car drove off. The girls didn't seem to be too bothered by it. I mean, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was a torch. Maybe they were doing some kind of... But maybe it was another fucking TikTok. For all I know, the guys in the car were doing a TikTok as well. They had a flash on their phone and they were like, TikTok and the... Who fucking... Maybe the cops were doing a TikTok. Maybe it was a massive TikTok meetup. Where they were all okay. filming like a, you know, a TikTok in four parts from four different perspectives. Or do you think it could have been undercover cops? Maybe that's what they were doing. Because they, it, the way they flashed the light in the girl's face was like the way cops will flash a, a flashlight in your face, you know, when they rock up to something. It did have that kind of Or could it have been no. undercover TikTokers? Undercover TikToks. <laughs> Just people surreptitiously filming TikToks. I might, look, for all I know about fucking TikTok, it could have been. But though, so anyway, that car goes and then the girls go back to scre- screaming and doing their own TikToks and stuff. And then I'm like, okay, that's it. It's been like half an hour of this. I'm just going to go down and I'm not going to be a narc about it. I'm just going to be like, hey, guys, look, you've had your fun. <laughs> My daughter's asleep. I've got to get, get up tomorrow morning and make banana cakes. Really appreciate it if you could move on. So you're going to be a narc. That's not a narc, man. That that's is pretty narc. What's narky about that? Shut down, shut down your fun. I've got to get up early and make something that will make you never want to be an adult. <laughs> it's politely asking them to move on. It's not narking is more like calling the cops on them or yelling at them or, you know, like. No, I agree. Throwing, you, you, throwing you're a cricket the right through thing. their windscreen. You've been a cool guy, open palms, going yeah. down like, hey, 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 hey. I was yeah. young once too, guys. Yeah. All I'm saying is. There's a really great cave around here where you can smoke some bongs. I'll give you some directions to that. I'll give you some weed and a bong and some directions. Now get the fuck out of here. Uh, Well, doesn't matter. All that went out the window by a simple fact that they saw me, Will. 
like oh. they saw me because I'm watching from our top floor apartment and I'm watching this whole thing unfold and I've been, I've gone through the highs and lows of the the TikToks and the, and the car pulling up and the weird flashes of light and stuff so I've been on this journey and I felt like okay I've observed them long enough now that I feel like I've strategically assessed who I'm talking to I'll be able to go down and they're just teenage kids they're probably hepped up on a bit of goon bag won't be hard for me to go down and just be like, hey, guys, you know, sorry, to, you had a good night, but maybe just, you know, take your fun to the park or whatever. Um, but that all went out the window when they spotted me. One of them looked up and saw me, the sole person on the street at their window, staring out creepily, Mr. Mangle style. And so she looked up and then told her friends and then they all looked up at me and then they all started like waving and yelling stuff out and jeering at me. And it was so intimidating. <laughs> Like, I backed away from the window. Like, first thing I did was slink down from the window. It was like, they saw me. I slunk down from the window. And then I was like, shit, like, what do I do now? Then I was like, no, come on. Like, you're 42 years old. You're a bunch of kids. Like, man up. So then I sat back up at the window. And then they're waving. And I couldn't quite make out what they were yelling at. They're yelling out young people stuff. I couldn't quite. My, it's like that uh, Yanni thing, you know. Some people hear words. Teenagers yell stuff out. I don't know what it means. And so then they're waving at me. And I'm like... Well, I can't go down now. This is too weird. This is too weird. So I turned the light off <laughs> in the living room and I slunk off to bed and lay in bed and listened to them yell for another hour. <laughs> uh, I also feel uh, that maybe I'm losing my mind a bit. Uh, I've done a lot of introspection in the last few weeks with this podcast. A lot of people have uh, brought to light um, my obsession with my bins and uh, I sort of had a moment like a, not a come to Jesus kind of moment but maybe like some kind of epiphany, epiphany yesterday because uh, a recycling collection was last week and all uh, our side of the road put out our recycle bins and someone did that sneaky maneuver where so all the bins are lined up and they snuck out with a bunch of moving boxes and jammed the cardboard between the recycle bins as if, okay, so when the garbage trucks come, they'll pick up and some kindly garbage man will get out of his truck and pick up this stack of boxes I've left on the, on, you know, jammed between the bins and throw that in as well. That has never worked. I don't, whoever's thinking that works, it doesn't. All right. If you can't fit it in the bin, it's not going in the truck. So of course... Well, no, Charlie, surely you can just jam it in between two bins so yeah. they become one bin, and therefore it is in the bin. It's just in an invisible bin jammed between two other bins. So after the collection, I look out the window and I see all the recycle bins have been empty and those moving boxes are just flat on the ground. Obviously, they haven't been collected because that's not how it fucking works. <laughs> so I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to go get my bin and get it back into the place because... Clearly, the perpetrator of this crime yeah. is going to come out, see their cardboard hasn't been collected, but see a whole bunch of empty recycle bins and is probably going to go nuts and stuff. Uh -huh. So I was like, I'm not going to let that happen to my bin. So I grabbed my bin and wheel it back into place. And then... <laughs> I'm not going to let that happy happen to... You're gathering your children out of the playground. <laughs> You're like, not on my watch. Not without my bin. And so, sure enough, about an hour later, I look out and the perpetrator has taken not only their, their, their folded up cardboard and put it in one bin, they've spread it out amongst a few bins. They're thinking, well, I don't want to fill up one person's entire bin with my... So I'll do the right thing no, and spread it out over, that'd be over four bins. That'd be inconsiderate. <laughs> right? So that happens. And I'm like, well, how's this going to go? Down? I'm just glad that my bin's safe, that I've wheeled my bin out of the firing line. I love the idea. I love the idea that this person thinks that they are in somehow, instead of pissing off one person, pissing off four or five different people will go better for them than pissing off well, one. Well, it turns out I'm not the only person who feels protected over his bin because I come out the next day and the cardboard has been taken out of every other person's bin and just piled up on the corner, right? So I'm thinking, okay, well, if I was the person who, if I was the perpetrator, I would see this and, you know, in the uh, the dead of night, I would sneak out, shamefully gather up my cardboard and take it back to my house and wait for the next opportunity. I can't, I can't believe what yeah. I've done. My hubris has flown me too close to the sun. I thought I could get away with it. I thought I could flaunt the, the bin rules and now I am literally tearing apart my neighbourhood. In a time of crisis when neighbourhoods <laughs> need to come together, I am the person responsible for tearing my neighbourhood apart. So... Uh, 
the bins sit out on the concrete for about two days. And then yesterday, um, mm -hmm. walking home, and I come up to my apartment building, and that person, I assume it's that person, has jammed all the flattened cardboard in between my bins. It didn't work the last time, buddy. It didn't work the double I'm down. Double down. I'm going to see if these suckers will give. Okay, the garbos weren't fooled by my cunning plan to jam the cardboard between the bins, but you know who will be? This fucking idiot across the road. He'll so, be fooled by it. And this is where I had my kind of epiphany because, like, I was so angry. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, for fuck's sake, like how many, how much a clearer message do you need from the neighborhood that you've got to take responsibility for your own cardboard? So I go up and then I'm like, I'm going to fucking put on Sheriff, Sheriff Charlie's badge and I'm going to do some investigation. I'm going to work out where the fuck this has come from because they're moving boxes. So clearly someone has recently arrived in the area. Maybe... Hopefully not in the la not in the last uh, you know six months, but maybe in the last few weeks, and I can sort of determine from you know uh, what I've noticed in my neighbourhood, Mrs. Manglestyle, <laughs> who has moved in. Well, because this is this is also what you're talking about, right? They're moving boxes, so it's a big bold proclamation when you've just moved into an area to sort of kick off and start you know dissension in the area, right? This is the time when you're meant to be your best behaved, not your worst. Yeah, you're meant to be taking your neighbours like bottles of wine and chocolate and apologising for the inconvenience, blah, 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 blah. You don't stuff you don't stuff cardboard in another man's bin, Will. No. I mean if that's what you're open with, what's gonna happen in six months' time? You'll be shitting in your bin. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. I'm okay with if it's this. in a plastic doggy bag. That's fine. If it's on the street, it's fair game. <laughs> or any or any bin that's on the street, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, so then, like, I started, I, I was going through the cardboard and there was an address written on it, but it was sort of torn off and I was doing the investigation and I was really getting into it. And then I just sort of stopped and was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why do I care? Like... There will be a garbage collection again, a recycling one. This can stay here until then mm. at, you know, 8 p.m. I'll make it my responsibility. I'll be the bigger man. You know, at 8 p.m., 9 p.m. at night, the night before rubbish collection, I'll go down and I will fold up this cardboard and I'll stick it in the bin as it should have been done in the first place. <laughs> like, that's the other thing too. If this person had folded up their cardboard and stuck it in my bin like the night before collection, it wouldn't have been an issue. But they jammed it in between the bins. They didn't even bother putting it in the bin as they should. Um, and then I thought again, I was like, but then again... Why should I need to do that? Why don't I just forget about it altogether? Why am I even worried about this? Like, it's not in my house. It's on the street outside my house. It's a place that I rent. I don't even own it. Why am I getting so upset about this? And then I started feeling foolish for the last two years that I've been railing against VIN politics. Because really, it's kind of, um, it's all ego. That's what it is. I really did some like you know analysis. Maybe I was sort of a bit of a an introspective state last night. I might have been had a couple of drinks. Will I might have been in a state where maybe you get a bit introspective? And I started thinking about this is all ego, Charlie, isn't it? You feel like you're being taken advantage of. You feel like someone is pulling a swift one on you, and it makes you angry. But really, is that person even? Are you even entering their calculations? No, they're just trying to get rid of some cardboard, and you're taking it personally. Yeah, or you could look at the flip side of that which is by giving in to this person you've reinforced their bad behavior so this person is now for the rest of the time they're living in your neighborhood going to flaunt and take uh, reckless disregard with bin politics because early on you haven't taught them an important lesson about how the neighborhood works but why is it my responsibility to teach them manners like because you you've know, clearly self-appointed yourself the neighborhood <laughs> bin monitor <laughs> But my mum used to have a great approach to stuff. I didn't really realise it until she, after she'd passed away. But I used to get annoyed with mum that she was very non-confrontational, that she would not get upset over things that I would find to be an injustice, you know. Like, um, you know, there was an instance where uh, uh, we had a, we put a bunch of her items into to an auction house to sell and they were meant to give her a percentage of the of the money and they never did. They basically ripped her off and I got really angry and upset and wanted to sort of confront them and take legal action and mum was like ah oh, fuck you know like it was stuff I wanted to get rid of anyway you know what are we getting upset about a little bit of money I, I really don't mind I couldn't I couldn't understand why it didn't anger her and then 
you know, as she was sort of getting closer to death and we sort of talked about life more and everything that she'd been through, I'd been through, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I'd come to realize that the life she'd had and, you know, the ups and downs that she'd had, you know, and there was plenty in, in, in our family that she had just learnt you know, when, uh, when, when to keep her powder dry. There was events in which she would invest heavily, but she couldn't invest heavily in everything because it was too emotionally draining. And, you know, she was an old lady by that stage and she just wanted to enjoy more of her life than she'd get anxious about her life. She just would pick her battles. And to be honest, towards the end, there were very few battles. <laughs> Most stuff was just like, fuck it. Like, what am I going to do about it? It doesn't affect me personally. It doesn't actually upset me that much. And so... It's always a great lesson to me because I often wonder, I mean, I do, I don't wonder, I know this about myself, is I dramatize situations or I inject myself directly into a situation or envision some personal attack on me that probably doesn't exist, that, you know, probably there's a million things going on for this person. They've just moved into their house. They're thinking about like, you know, geez, we've got to get a kid signed up for a school, blah, blah, blah. They're not really thinking about how can I pull a Swifty? They're just like, I need to get rid of these boxes so I can then think about the next thing. What if they're a super fan of the show? <laughs> what if it turns out this person is such a fan of the show, you've given enough details about where you live in Sydney, they know at least the general neighbourhood in which you live. They've been sitting with the rentals. They've like they've used the coronavirus pandemic as an opportunity to find themselves some cheap rental in your uh, local area, and they just want to get on the podcast. They've intentionally, provocatively left this garbage out on the street. You've ignored it the first time, haven't spoken about it, so they've jammed it in between <laughs> your bins just so they can get on Australia's number one bin watch podcast. I mean, that would be. It'd be unreasonably cruel. I mean, it would actually fulfill every 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 one of my worst fears that I am being specifically targeted, uh, and they're taking advantage of my better nature. Now, look, I don't know if this was a passive aggressive move, but this is kind of what I've done in the past when there has been uh, okay, unsanctioned rummage. I took the cardboard out from between the bins. And I placed it in a neutral position, not really outside our building, not really outside anyone else's building, but in a neutral, visible position so that anyone who's walking mm. past... It's a real, it's a real yeah. centrist approach to solving this problem, isn't it? <laughs> we're going to find some common well, my ground. options were to either go into full detective mode and be a fucking psychopath and, you oh. know sort of uh, survey the area for recent arrivals and harass and target and profile people, you know, because it would. It starts making you paranoid. It's like that person looks like a real bloody rubbish dumper. You're a rubbish dumper. I don't want to do that. So what I thought I would do is... What if you found like an old police uniform? You go to like a, a hire shop, you get yourself a police uniform and you re-become your character well, from now, Blue Healers and you it, start to patrol not the neighborhood the time. in a sort of in a police uniform. That as was a not the cop. time, I think, to drag out a police uniform. I don't know if you've been reading the news, Will. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, actually. That's BLM, being <laughs> life's matter. Public sentiment is not in favor of police at the moment. I think... No, that's a good point. You could probably get one cheap <laughs> is what I'm saying. Somebody's probably off trying to, someone's probably trying to offload a police uniform right now. I, I think guess. what I w I'm hoping is that I'm trying to put myself if I was the dumper, I think what I would want it's like okay, well when I was thirteen or fourteen I was really into shoplifting and there was one milk bar in particular that I would that I would target and I had a little routine that I'd go into where this was back in the days of mixed lollies. Do you remember when mixed lollies used to be behind the counter? You would sort of go up and you'd say, I'll have, you know, Two yeah. cents of that. Three... Yeah, exactly. Two mates. Yeah, a, a pineapple, a, yeah. three milk bottles, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so what I would Two do is uh, go to this milk bar and I would send them on a very complex errand searching through the, the lollies to fill my bag. So, mm. I'd, you know, a couple of bullets up down there and some milk bottles. And while they were confused with my order and preoccupied, I would slip my hands down to the chocolate bars, which are at the front of the counter, out of view and slip them into mm. the sleeve of my jacket. And so I was very good at shoplifting Jesus. chocolate bars for quite some time. But then uh, one day... The lady who ran the store had obviously twigged, probably because I would walk in in my school uniform, but with a giant puffy jacket. I had this big sweat hog uh, letterman jacket that I, that I would wear, completely incongruous. 
You were wearing the puffy shirt from Seinfeld, <laughs> just with big slats and just jamming Snickers down there. And so I went in to you know to pull my heist off, and uh, when I went to give my order, she said, "Actually, before we you know get to the order, why don't we have a chocolate bar?" And I was like, "Huh." And so she pulled out a chocolate bar and she unwrapped it and, you know, broke into two halves and gave me a half. And so we sat there eating the chocolate bar. And I remember as a kid being like, what the fuck is going on? And she was like, Mm. it's nice, isn't it, to eat a chocolate bar? And I was like, yes. And she's like, it's nice when that chocolate bar is given to you, when that chocolate bar isn't just taken, isn't it? And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) like, she's fucking Hannibal Lectoring me. She knows, she knows. And so... It was a very gentle way for her to say, look, I know what's going on. I'm giving you, I'm giving the opportunity to do the right thing here. I'm not going to. Yeah, this is, this is a warning. This is like a really lovely warning delivered over yeah. half a chocolate bar. Like I've given you a gift, but it also comes yeah. with a threat. Do you I think that's the woman. way? I mean, fuck, maybe that would solve a lot of the issues we're having right now with policing. If it was all solved with chocolate bars, if you were sort of pulled up, pulled over, right? You know, maybe you didn't weren't aware you'd been speeding or you'd run a red light or whatever. And the cop, rather than asking for your license and registration, hands you half a chocolate bar. Yeah. Yeah. You were going a bit fast. You look a little angry. What you need <laughs> is half a Snickers. Let's enjoy half a Snickers with each other. Um, but I think that approach is what I'm... Um, that's my half... Cho- my, me putting the, the, the cardboard out in the street is my half a chocolate bar approach, which is like, look, we all know what's going on. And I'm just making, I'm not trying to publicly humiliate you. I'm just putting this out here so you can observe it when you're walking past or from your home or whatever. In the dead of the night, you can sneak up and you can take your cardboard back. That's that's what I'm saying. And in the past, when people have done illegal dumping on that corner, that seems to work. Because often, as we've talked about many times in this show, people will chuck their rubbish next to my bins because they assume it's a dumping area. And all I need to do is move that rubbish about six feet away from my bins into a public spot and more often than not it's collected again the very next day people understand oh okay i thought there was a dumping area it's clearly not a dumping area 